Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. You may be seated, everyone. Which camera am I looking at? Give me which camera. Point, point to which one. Which one? There's no green light. Give me a green light. Which one? Tell me. Which one? This one over here? Y'all, you're not in agreement back there. The team is not in agreement. <laughs> this one? Hey, everybody online. Give it up for everybody online right now, too. We love you so very much. So glad you're with us. Every campus, everybody coming together. Y'all do not believe in COVID. The blood of Jesus right all over us. Hey, um, I know this Omicron and Delta Cron and all this stuff is out there, but I'm so glad we're still moving ahead. We're going to keep on loving people, serving people, lifting up the name of Jesus. We know that so many lives have been so negatively impacted, but... uh, but a lot of lives been negatively impacted as well with us not connecting too. So we just want to make sure, of course, be safe, be smart. But man, we're not going to stop lifting up the name of Jesus Christ and being all that God has called us to be. The future is bright for the church. I'm so, so honored to be here. You know your pastors are amazing. You know that, right? You got to give it up for the littles. Come on. No, give it up like they've been praying for you. Come on, come on, come on, give it up like you're thankful for your pastors. I mean, these guys are the best of the best. Y'all sent us a blanket for uh, uh, Christmas, too. Thank you. In our home, our children are fighting over that blanket. But I pulled the dad card plenty of times and said, if you're not paying any bills, bring the blanket over here. So... I, I love that blanket. Love you guys so much. There's such integrity with your pastors. And for them to be going 19 years, Milestone Church, 19 years old. I mean, come on. God is so faithful. But the integrity, the, the character, uh, the, the willingness to lay down their lives for others, you don't I pray you don't take them for granted. Some of you, you gave your heart to Christ in this church, and you've never known another pastor. I want, I, just as you know, there are some bad pastors out there. <laughs> Raggedy. I mean, terrible pastors. Places you should never go. This is not one of those places at all. This place is uh, filled with a man and a woman that are lifting up Jesus, honor each other, They love their kids. They are not trying to, they don't want something from you. They want something for you. They want you to be the best you can possibly be. Here the church is putting all these booklets together, promises, helping you become who God has called you to be. What a fantastic place to be. Our church, our staff was just here yesterday uh, for the conference that was here. I mean, we have stolen so many things from y'all. I used to have a lot of hair. I shaved my head when I met your pastor. Y'all, I had an afro. My afro... With a pick in it. And I met... 
I met Pastor Jeff. I said, Jeff, if you have no hair, I'm going to have no hair too. And my wife has forgiven me. Uh, so lo love you guys so much. Honestly, appreciate you more than you know. And I'm so, so honored to be here. Last night of prayer and fasting, huh? Can you believe it? Y'all ready to eat? Uh, who, who some of y'all didn't fast any food at all, right? You just like doing the, the, the social media fast. And, and that... That's okay, too. I, took, I shouldn't put it in quotation marks. And no, however you did it, okay? That's a real fast. That's a real fast. But some of you are biting your nails right now, ready for a piece of cheese or chocolate. And we'll be done here in a little while, and we'll be sent out to eat. But we're going to leave this place and leave our campuses or no matter where we are, and we're going to believe that God is going to change us from the inside out. We're not just wanting to have a good time. We want to be transformed by the presence and power of God, transformed by the Word of God. And if you'll open up your heart uh, tonight, I really believe that God God will do something significant in and through every single one of us. Uh, I do have a picture of my family I want to throw on the screen. Uh, do I have that picture? There's my beautiful family. Um, as, as Pastor Jeff just said, my wife is on the front row. I love her so much. We've been married 24 years now. It has gone by so fast. We'll be celebrating 25 in May, 25 years married. I cannot believe it. My wife looks so young. They say black don't crack, and it is true. She looks the same as when we were in college and continues to love Jesus. She loves me. She's my best friend, a woman of God and integrity. Uh, she's the best thing about our family for sure. Then we've got our oldest son, Parker, who is now driving. He's just about to turn 17, a junior uh, in high school. So we're getting ready for, for college and uh, got him a car. Uh, got, he got a car for Christmas and uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. He had to throw, he had to throw some money in uh, on the deal because we didn't want him just driving around like it was a freebie, you know, wanted him to have some skin in the game. And uh, we got him a car that already had some dents in it, so we would not be upset for this first, uh, this first automobile, but love him so much. What a great young man. That's Parker, our oldest. And then we've got uh, Grayson, our middle son, who is a ton of fun, full of joy, loves jujitsu right now. So he's always wanting to jump on my back and do these crazy things. And periodically, I just whoop his behind just so he knows that. You can't beat dad yet, uh, but he's very, very strong, so I'm trying to train him now that you, you can't beat your dad. Uh, and then uh, we've got our daughter, Elle Grace, uh, who, as my wife puts it, is a star in our Christmas tree that we love so very much. She's six years old, so we got uh, 16, about to be 17, 11 years old, and six years old, and been married these 25 years, so we're like, we're ready. We got a long way to empty nester. You know, we look at the littles, we're like, man, they're living that good life. My six-year-old came in this morning at, I don't know, 4.45 a.m. Daddy, you know it's kind of scary because you're sleeping and you see a kid just staring at you. Just at, you know, She's right at my eye level. <laughs> it was, I had a nightmare. And I tried not to, uh, whenever our kids come down, this is not good. I don't even know if I should say this. I, uh, I say, oh, man, oh, man, I love you. Um, you can sleep on the floor. I, uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, I give them a pillow, you know, and a blanket. But I don't want them to be comfortable in my room. I don't want them like, yeah, I like this bed. You know, we got this king-size bed. So I'm like, hey, we got this nice carpet here, right here. Daddy, I don't want to be on the floor. Oh, it's, it's okay. Shh. 
And then they somehow end up in our bed anyway. But she was up, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning last night with a nightmare and ended up staying uh, in our bed. So who knows what I'm going to say this evening. I haven't had much sleep at all. But uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. For those of you who like to take notes, uh, the title of tonight is Walk This Way. Walk This Way. Uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 7. Uh, we're, we're coming in on a story. It's been a lot of, a lot of problems have actually been going on in, in this community. Uh, there has been a, a number of issues, and now a significant issue has happened. The Syrian army, uh, depending on your translation, we'll say the Armenians, but the, the Syrian army, they're, they're interchangeable, uh, has come around and has besieged uh, Samaria. They're surrounding uh, Samaria. They're not letting anybody in or out. Uh, so everybody who, all these God kids, if you will, they're, they're in the city and, and, and they're stuck. And, and things are going from, from bad to worse. If, if you read it a little bit later, and this might be a little bit aggressive, and I don't mean uh, to turn our stomachs at all, but the Bible actually says people were struggling so much that they were... They were bartering with their children if they would, uh, I'll just say it how the Bible says it. They, would, they were giving their children up to be fed and for people to eat their kids. It's utter desperation. Sounds crazy to us. But there's even parts of the world right now where some of the most heinous things are happening. And, and for some of us, we are in a spot that we never thought we would be in, and you find yourself entertaining ideas that you would have never entertained if you were in a different space. I've had some friends, some business owner friends of mine talk to me about when uh, there was some e economic downturns and things were not going the way they wanted them to go and this is being taken away and that's being taken away and you can't pay your employees and you feel the stress and this pain and this difficulty that's all around you feel the weight, like the weight of the world is on your shoulders and, and these little lies will come into your head, things like, you know what, you might be worth more dead than alive. I know it can sound a little bit dark, but there are times in life we find ourselves in spots that we do not want to be in, and when things continue to go the wrong direction, the enemy will whisper all types of lies into your head. Maybe in 2020 or 2021 you had some lies that were whispered into your ear. and Maybe you're still fighting through those things. And prayerfully, this time of prayer and fasting is breaking some of these chains off of you so that you can step into being the man or the woman that God has called you to be. But here are God's kids. They are stuck trying to figure out how to get out of this situation. 
This is with Elisha, uh, the prophet, and he says, hey, things are going to turn around. Things are going to be uh, better, but the king doesn't believe him. The king's servants uh, don't believe him. So all of this, this difficulty, this pain, uh, these problems, this, this economic downturn has happened, and then we come to this part of the Bible, 2 Kings chapter 7, beginning in verse number 3. Now, there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say, we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans or the Syrians, depending on which version of the Bible you have, and let's surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. Oh, some interesting deductive reasoning here. <laughs> and I pray you're feeling inspired, right? <laughs> These four lepers, though, I, I, I appreciate them. I like the honesty of the Bible. I like that the Bible does not try to really get color. It doesn't really try to like take away details. It like gives details that you would think you would not want to give if you're trying to get people to follow you. It's like, Lord, uh, take that out. But God's like, no, no, I'm, I'm gonna, this is how it happened. This is what happened. And I have the ability to redeem even in the midst of chaos and brokenness. So he, he gives it to us real. No fake, no phony, no mask, no pretense. This is what was happening. And here are these four lepers. They're sitting there, and they, do not, they can't go to the city. If they go there, the famine's there. They're going to die. And if they go to the Syrians, they feel like they might die. They might die. So they go, hey, I like this. The first point here, because I, I, I like some of you, I can, I, I can see your paper. Even other campuses, I see you. I see your paper. I see it. Uh, here, here's, here's the first little note. They said something, okay? They said something. You, you just jot that down. They said something. They, they, they said something. Something came out of their mouth. I don't know which friend it was that spoke up, but one of the friends spoke up was like, hey, why are we here? I, I pray in the relationships that you have, the connect group that you are in, that you have at least one friend that is willing to speak up and say, where we are right now is not where we ought to be. How we're thinking right now is, how, is not how we ought to be thinking. How we're talking right now is not how we ought to be talking. Why are we allowing division into our church? We need to be ones to kill gossip and bring unity to our church family. Why would we allow that family to talk that way, live that way? Why would we allow that man to talk to his wife that way? We as brothers need to go over there. We just need to talk to him and remind him of the gift that his wife is. Let's not allow him to talk about her behind her back. Let's help their marriage become all that it's supposed to be. You need at least one friend in your life that is willing to speak speak up and say, you know what? We should not stay here. If we stay here, we die. If we stay here, we die. If we stay in this bitterness, we'll die. 
You see, nowadays, everybody feels okay with being bitter, right? We feel like we're kind of justified. It's like somebody hurt me. They, they did a post, or they didn't do a post, or, or they put this on Facebook, or they didn't put this on Facebook, or they didn't like my, what I posted, and don't they know? You know? I love when people come to me like, hey, did you see my post? I'm like, you know what? The algorithm must be the algorithm didn't allow me <laughs> to see your post out of the three billion people that are on Facebook. Sorry. But people have gotten offended over someone not liking, not resharing, not reposting, not showing up to a thing. And some people even in this awesome, beautiful church of Milestone, are around a bunch of people, but still living in isolation. Not allowing the community that God has put around you to actually inspire you and help you to become who God has called you to be. And it can go back to some offense. Someone didn't call. Someone didn't show up. Someone didn't text, but you need a friend. Maybe tonight I get to be that friend that gets to say, why stay here? Why would you want to stay in that bitterness? Why would you want to stay in that offense? Why, friends, would you want to stay in that guilt? Hey, listen, I know you made that mistake seven years ago, but do not allow what happened seven years ago to keep you in a prison when God has given you breath today. Why stay here? If God has forgiven you, what permission do you think you have to not forgive yourself? Hey, I know, I know it was real, and I know people were hurt, and I know bad things have happened, and I know there's been some, uh, some consequences and maybe some things that you're still dealing with. I don't know, but what I do know is God is a forgiving God. What I do know is God is able to turn things around. What I do know is God is for you. So why would you stay in that guilt? You got to have some friends in your life. I'm so thankful you have pastors. You have a church family that's like, hey, we're not going to stay back in 2020. We're not even staying in 2021. We are moving forward and we're going to do what God has called us to do and go where God has called us to go. Why stay here? You have any relationships in your life that'll push you forward? You have any people in your life that'll inspire you, keep on pushing you? you do you have only people in your life that'll tell you what you want to hear? Because if all the people in your life just want to tell you what you want to hear, that's not where growth is found. Now, some of us, we're, we can go to the gym on our own, right? Go to the gym on our own. I see, I met somebody earlier, shoulders, you know, bigger than my thighs. You know, just like somebody that has way too much time on their hands. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. A lot of stress. You got a lot of stress. So uh, you, got, you got to work it out some way. <laughs> Some people go to the gym, they're all by themselves. Oh my goodness, they give 110%. They are sweating profusely. They are grunting over and over. They're going lower on their squats and they need to be going. It's like, no, you don't have to go all the way to the ground. That's a good squat, okay? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I like to go to the gym and just walk around and be like, 
<laughs> you good? Yeah, you good. You the spot? You the spot? All right. I went to the gym. And then you leave. <laughs> what helps us is a trainer, a partner, someone else that will say, hey, no, you can put more weight on that. No, no, you can put more weight on that. You, you've got more on the inside of you. It's like, no, I'm good here. Yeah, you're good, but you're not getting stronger. You're good, but you're not developing. You're good, but you're not growing. You need somebody else in your life to say, no, there's more on the inside of you. You can run a little bit faster. You can jump a little bit higher. You can push a little bit more. You can forgive a little bit more. You can pray a little bit more, not out of guilt, not out of shame, but to say there's more on the inside of you. You're not doing it to prove or to earn God's love. God already loves you. You and I are now living in response to that love. And God, since you've been so good to me, I want to give you my everything. Since I have breath in my lungs from you, uh, let, me, uh, let me use this breath to bring you glory every single place I go. I, uh, I have a... It's Martin Luther King uh, Jr. Day, I think. Is it on Monday? Is that right? I think MLK Day on Monday. I know this because our daughter uh, came uh, home uh, uh, what, two days ago from school, and we, uh, at dinner time, we sit around and we do, uh, what's your high of your day? What was your low of your day? And one thing you're thankful for. And then she started this new thing where it's like, and one thing you learned. Uh, so we try to eat dinner together as a family, you know, pretty much every night. We really, really fight, uh, fight for that. It gets harder with a teenager, you know, you know, teenage parents know that, you know, they got work or sports, all the different things going on. But we really try to fight for it. We're sitting there and she's talking to us about MLK and she's like, uh, Martha Luther King is what she says. Well, well, you learned about Martha Luther King and she starts talking to us and you saw the picture, you know, our daughter's skin is different than ours. So it was fascinating being, you know, hearing from her perspective. She's like, you know, white people, uh, they had... And this is our first time having this discussion. I, we didn't even talk about this, honey. It was like, oh, okay. I don't know where this is going to go. <laughs> and she's about white and black. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about her being adopted. Our middle son is actually adopted uh, as well. It's something we always wanted to do since we were in college. So uh, two out of our three kids, uh, we, we adopted them. And it's this family that God has put together. And we talk about how we were all in different people's bellies. But God is the one that puts families together. And uh, so, so we've we done, you know, all, all of that. Uh, but she's talking to us about Martin, Martin Luther King. She says, I, Daddy, uh, Mommy, I spoke up. I told my teacher, hey, just so you know, you don't have to have the same skin to be a family because God puts families together. And, you know, she's sharing this, you know, with her class. And we're like, my wife's going, yeah, that's right. You tell them. But you, you, you might not know this about the, uh, the I Have a Dream speech. Or maybe you have heard this. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was friends with a woman by the name of Mahalia Jackson. Mahalia Jackson, this is way back. This is like before Beyonce, right? This is before Cardi B. <laughs> Uh, Mahalia, Mahalia Jackson um, was this gospel singer, and, and she was there uh, on the steps on that march on Washington. And, and as you can imagine, Martin Luther King Jr. had a lot of people talking to him in his ear, telling him what to say, what not to say on this massive day. And he was standing up there at the podium giving his speech, and Mahalia Jackson is in the crowd. She had just performed a little bit earlier. She's there in the crowd, and she's listening to the speech, and she's going, mm. he's got more in him. Because I know he talked to me. 
he talked to me about a dream he had. But he's not sharing the dream. She's listening to the speech go on and on. And then she begins to shout from the crowd, Martin, tell him about the dream. Martin, tell him about the dream. And if you ever watch the I Have a Dream speech, MLK switches from notes, from what was planned to prophecy. He switches from like going from his head, and head is good, but he goes from head to heart. He, he goes from something that was on paper to something that had been written on his soul, and he begins to tell everyone, I believe a day is coming where people won't be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. And it was because a friend was there in the crowd and was shouting at him, tell them about the dream. You got to have some friends in your life. That's why you got to be in a group. That's why you got to be in church. That's why you got to be serving. That's why you got to be around some people that have your back so they can say, hey, I remember you told me about your dream. These guys said something. I'm glad they said something, but they didn't just stop there. Look, look at this, look at this, look at this. Uh, uh, verse number, uh, what's that, verse number four. Um, so now, now, get to verse five. A at dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. Let me pause for just a second and say, they got up. So point one is they said something. Point two is they did something. Now, those of, we live in a day where people like to say a lot. Can we just acknowledge that, okay? Hazlitt Campus, you know what I'm talking about. People like to say a lot. They like to, nowadays you can post something and it's as if you did something. I love the poor. Jesus loved the poor. Bless the poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anything else? Any time given? Any money? Maybe a prayer? Did you go maybe hang out with a poor person? Did you, did you buy somebody a meal? No, I, I, just, I just posted about it. Uh, here's one of the things that's amazing about your pastors and anybody in here who's in the business or has ever started anything, you know to, ha to have Milestone Church is a miracle. It is an absolute miracle because your pastors did not just say, we see a church. 
that's going to touch the world, love people, love families, love kids, love teenagers, love single people, love married people, love black people, white people, Asian people, Latino people. Uh, they didn't just say it. They did it. Between verses 4 and 5, there's a ton of distance. There's so much space between saying, yeah, I'm going to get baptized. And actually showing up and saying, okay, I don't like water. <laughs> make it quick. <laughs> it's like, we can't make it quick. You know how much sin is in your life? You should have brought scuba gear. <laughs> we got a snorkel for you. We looked at your Facebook page. <laughs> You'll be under here for a while, my brother. <laughs> we actually don't do that either. Just so you know, it's quick. It's quick. It's quick. <laughs> but you can say it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to start tithing. Yeah, yeah. This is the year. This is the year. God's been so faithful. He's been so good. Man, I can't believe he carried me all the way through. I didn't think I was going to make it through 2020. I was hoarding all, uh, hoarding all my money, but God still blessed me. God still took care of me. I can't even believe this is the year I'm going to start tithing. Okay, let's go ahead and set that up on reoccurring. Well, I don't think the Lord, <laughs> he didn't ask me to do all that. You can say it, but to do it is something different. We're going to start going on date nights. Me and my wife, we're going to go on date nights. We're going to do this thing. We're going to take that step. Uh, you know what? We're going, to stop, we're going to stop yelling at each other in our home. This is the year we're going to begin to honor each other with our words more than we've ever honored each other. We're going, we're going to go to therapy. We're going to go to counseling. We're going to, we're going to do the hard work. I'm going to deal with my childhood trauma so I don't keep bringing this back up. My kids aren't going to have to live in the same baggage that I lived in. I'm going to deal with all that stuff, and we can say it. But then we got to ask for the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit for us to take the step to actually do the thing that we know God is calling us to do. That's why you got to stay planted in a great church like this. They took the step. They did something. For a moment, I just want to say thank you so, so much because your pastor brags on you. He does. He brags. He brags on you. He brags on how faithful you are. Men of this church, let me just get his, let's give it up for the men of this church for just a second. Men, your pastor brags on you. He loves you and is so proud of you. You've been stepping up, that you've been willing to say, we're going to get behind this vision. You're willing to encourage and push each other forward. I, it, those of you who feel like you know the Bible and those who feel like they don't know the Bible, but you're at least willing to say, I'm going to link arms with these other brothers and I'm going to be a protector. I'm going to be a, a lover of God and a lover of people. It's inspiring to hear him talk about it, that you're not just a bunch of guys that talk about it, but you're a bunch of guys that are being about it as well. Well done, Phil. Let me talk to the, let's give it up for the ladies as well. Give it up for the ladies of Milestone Church. You're amazing. 
We hear about your beauty and not only your exterior beauty, but the beauty and the strength that you have on the inside of you. How you're serving and leading and loving and blessing and encouraging and holding up the arms of not just this ministry, but of an entire community. Well done, ladies, that you're not just, you're not just talking about it, you're being about it. Well done, good and faithful servants. But I also keep hearing about the next generation here at Milestone Church. Give it up for the teenagers. Give it up for the college students. Give it up for the young people. Come on, filling out prayer requests. Saying, God, I trust you for miracles. Gathering together saying, God, I want my life to count for something bigger than me. I know there's a bunch of partying going on out there, but some of y'all are saying, you know what? I've gone that way. I don't want to go that way anymore. I'm now going the way of the cross. My life does not belong to me. My life belongs to Jesus. Well done. And if you haven't done it right this whole time, maybe you've just been talking about it. Tonight is the night, the end of this prayer and fasting. Prepare 2020. We are turning around, not at our own strength but in the strength God provides and we're going the way of the cross we're saying Jesus you can have all of me no more games no more me just talking about it I'm walking your way that's what is happening here with these guys but, but okay I, I, I got I got let me keep on going here let me keep on going let me keep on going um when they get there oh Wrong, wrong page of the Bible. Okay, uh, go with me to verse number six. For the Lord, everybody's gone. They get to the camp, everybody's gone. Why? For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So that, so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. Let, let, me, let me say this little thing. This is important, okay? These guys are seated and they're lepers, so they're on the outside looking in, Okay? And we don't have time to kind of get into all the nuances of that and what the law required of lepers and all these different things. But these guys are outcasts. Um, but let's just say they're not outcasts. Let's just say they're four, four businessmen or four businesswomen. Uh, they're four uh, football players or, or four uh, hockey players. Uh, let's, let's say uh, they're four stay-at-home moms or they are four teenagers. They're, they're four DJs or they're four accountants. They're four engineers. And they're sitting there and they start saying something. They're saying, we should not stay here. We want to engage. We're going to take another step. We're going to move forward. We're not going to be in this spot right here. We're going to step further into who God is calling us to be. So they get up and they begin to walk. God takes the sound of their steps and he amplifies it. Where the enemy hears that there's an army. Now they think they're just walking to the camp. They think it's insignificant. What's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen. I, how are your limbs? I can't feel them. I don't know. I'm a leopard. You're a leopard. They walk. 
Bad joke. They are doing something that they think doesn't matter. God is taking what they think doesn't matter. He's using what they think is insignificant for something incredibly significant. And he's using some unlikely people to do it. So if you look at yourself and you feel like God cannot use you for fill in the blank, I'm divorced, I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't have enough energy, I have too much energy, I'm on medication, I need to be on medication. <laughs> fill in the blank of why you think God can't use you, these lepers had every reason to believe God would not use them. But it was not about how they saw themselves. It was about, it was about how God decided to use their step of faith. If you are willing to take a small step, I'm telling you, God can do big things with your small step. If you'll just take a small step, God will do massive things with your small step. They are just walking. They're just doing three days of prayer and fasting. They don't know that they're breaking generational curses that have been on their family. They're just tithing. But they don't realize the bondage that's being broken off of them and is being broken off their kids and their grandkids that are coming behind them. They think this does not matter all that much. This is not that much money. This is not that much time. They, they're just opening up their home and they're willing to host a group and they think this is no big deal. They have no idea that God's going to use the sound of that door opening to be a place of restoration and hope for someone else's marriage or someone else's kids. He takes these small things and sometimes doesn't tell you that he's using them. So if you need God to kind of, you know, run it all by you first, <laughs> you probably need to serve someone else. <laughs> and just so you know, whoever you'd be serving would not be God. God chooses to do what he likes to do whenever he would like to do it. And he says, I want to partner with you. Psst, psst, come here. Come on, come on, come on. Not me, not me. No, you, 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 come on, come on. You can do it. I just need you to walk. I just need you to take a step. I just need you to be willing to engage. And when you do, I'll do the rest. They get there. The enemy has scattered. And look what happens. The men who had leprosy, verse 8, they reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, <laughs> I like this here, and ate and drank. Then they took silver and gold and clothes, and look at this line right here, <laughs> and went off and hid them. <laughs> oh, I can't believe these lepers would do that. Oh, we're about to talk about it. <laughs> they returned, watch this, and entered another tent. And they took some things from it and hid them also. <laughs> they get there. Nobody's there.
all of a sudden they're in tents, grabbing silver, putting in grills, getting chains, looking like Mr. T or Pop Smoke. They're over here. They're doing everything. They're just grabbing stuff, grabbing stuff, grabbing stuff. Then they take it. They're like, I can't wait to share it. Look how good God has been to me. I can't wait to share it. Oh, man, look at my family, how blessed they are. Can't wait to share it. Oh, man, look that we got a lake house, and, and we've got, we've got 2.4 cars and 7.4 kids and, and 7 point, I don't even know how you have 7.4 kids, but just figure it out. <laughs> got 2.8 pets. I'm blessed. And I'm going to hide it. I'm going to take all the blessings that I did not know I was going to walk into, that God in his grace provided for me, and now I'm going to hide what he gave me? You and I look at this story and we know, lepers, that's wrong. Don't do that. Don't you see how good God has been to you? Lepers, you got to share it. Lepers, there's a whole city that's dying. You can't hide this. You got to share it. I almost titled this part of the message, Dear Church People. Dear, dear church people, God has been so good and so kind and so gracious to you. Can you please not hide the blessings that he's given you? Dear church people who can sing, can you please stop hiding behind your insecurities and your fears? And share your gifts. Go through growth track and jump on the journey and use the gifts that God has given you to be a blessing and a support to your brothers and sisters that are around you. Dear church people who can't sing, would you please have the humility to let us tell you that and <laughs> allow us to put you with the kids because <laughs> they are the next generation and they need your faithfulness. Maybe not even the next generation. They're the now generation. That's what we need to call them. Dear church people, are you willing to look at the goodness of God in your life and not attribute all of the blessings in your life to your hard work? Because if a couple of things would have gone another way, you may be just like someone else that you're looking down on right now. It was the grace of God that kept you away from minefields that you didn't even know you were walking next to. Dear church people, can we get our eyes off of ourselves and get our eyes on our glorious Savior and recognize that he's been the one that's been pouring out his life and his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his strength in our lives every single day of our life. As a matter of fact, the breath that we are breathing right now is borrowed breath from heaven. If God does not breathe out, you and I don't even breathe in. So God, we say you can have all of us, our breath included. I'm going to stop hiding
Ben, you can come on out here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shut up here so we can go eat some food together. <laughs> Verse number nine, they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. It's not right. This is a day of good news and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment might overtake us. <laughs> Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. You can read the rest later. The good news is so good that the people in the city don't believe them. They think it's a trap. So the king actually ends up sending out a contingency of people. There were like five horses left in the city, skinny horses, but horses nonetheless. And they sent them out to go try to find this Syrian army. And they did this reconnaissance mission and they saw all of the stuff of the Syrians thrown every which way on the side of the road as they fled. They came back and said, no, what, what these lepers said is true. The good news is better than we thought. Can I just submit that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is better than you even realize that it is? And it's better than I even realize that it is. And to a world that does not know our Savior that's been living in famine for so long, when we begin to announce to them that your sins can actually be forgiven, like the worst sins, like the ones you did on purpose, not just the ones you did on accident, but the sins you did on purpose, Jesus even covered those sins. That God is so good that he's been pursuing you your entire life. That in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, all can be made new. That you can have your slate wiped clean. Not so that you can go live your life for yourself, but so you can live your life for the glory of God. This good news is not just for some people. It's for all people. It's not just for people with PhDs, but also people with GEDs. It's for men and it's for women. It's for tall people and short people. It's those that have abs and those that have one ab. It's for every last one of us. It's good news of great joy for all people. This is the gospel that you and I are carrying. And you're not just carrying it on Sunday. Your mission field is in your family and your mission field is in your office and your mission field is in your community, and it's all of us gathering together where we are empowered to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's decide now with the grace God provides. I'm not gonna stay here in this spot. Why stay here? Hiding my gifts, hiding the blessings, keeping the goodness of God to myself. God, how are you calling me to stretch this year? How are you calling me to trust you in a way I've never trusted you before? Is it with my time? Is it with my money? Is it with my, my emotions? How are you calling me to trust you? Surround me with people that'll 
push me out of this chair and help me walk your way. Keep me planted in church, holding up the arms of my pastors, speaking truth and believing God for miracles because the best days for Milestone Church, and I'm not talking the building, I'm talking its people. The best days are not behind us. The best days are still ahead in the name of Jesus. If you wouldn't mind, bow your head for just a moment. For other campuses wanna stay with us for just a second. I ask you to bow your head, not because it's mystical or magical, but just so that you can focus for just a moment. On this last night of the fast, on this last night of us saying no to some things so we can say yes to God in ways maybe we never have before, just wondering, are we ready as a church family to say, God, I'm going all in. You can have all of me. I'm not going to stay on the fringe. I'm not going to stay on the proverbial balcony. I'm not going to stay on the outskirts. God, I'm coming right smack dab to the center. You can have my whole life. I give all I am to you. I want you to have from the top of my head to the very soles of my feet. If you are ready this day, this moment right now to say, you know what? I'm going all in in my walk with God. And I don't even know all that means. And I want you to keep your head bowed because I want this to be a private moment right now. If you're saying, yeah, that's me. I'm ready to go all all in. I just want you to raise your hand saying, yeah, I'm going to go all in with my walk with God. I don't want to be on the fringe anymore. I don't want to be where I used to be. I want to take a step further. I want to go further. I want to be all that God has called me to be. Father, over this entire church family right now, I pray that you would pour out your spirit. I pray that you would fill every man and every woman with your power. I pray that there would be a love and a hunger for you that would absolutely blow our minds. I pray that we would not be able to stay in that seat any longer. Longer, but all in Milestone Church from the youngest to the oldest would step forward and would walk your direction. Thank you, God, that this will not be a church that ever hides our gifts or hides our blessings, but instead, God, will move forward and do what you called us to do. We'll be who you called us to be. I thank you that there's a blessing over this church like they have never seen. I pray for an open heaven over Milestone. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for new life. I pray for new vision. I pray for new hope. I pray for new dreams. Those who haven't been able to get pregnant, I pray, oh God, a breakthrough there in Jesus' name. Businesses that have felt a cap, we pray a breakthrough in Jesus' name. We ask for marriages to be restored. We pray for hope to come alive. We pray that this church will continue to be a city on a hill, not for their glory, but for yours. Lord God, pour out your spirit over this church, over these amazing pastors. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, Milestone. God bless Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.